Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk AM 1150. A lovely day to take your dog for a walk. Welcome back to the show. It's good to be here again. Hi, Eric. Hey. Eric. Good afternoon, Julie. Hi. Hope you're having a wonderful Wednesday so far. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. Eric is our booth engineer. One of my many titles around here. Yes, so, yeah. yes. So um, we have a excellent guest today, as always. We have uh, Jessica Stone, author of Doggy on Deck, Life at Sea with a Salty Dog. Absolutely everything you need to know before cruising with Fido. And she spent uh, years, I think 16 years, not solid, but probably the better part of 16 years. I was going to say, that's a lot of time at sea. Sailing around the world. Never with... get your land legs back. Yeah, after. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to do after 16 years. Yeah. She's sailing around the world with her, uh, with uh, Kip McSnip, the famous sailing dog. And she has got a lot of great stories about her adventures with Kip and has written this really wonderful book. That basically is like a sailing with your dog or boating with your dog, not necessarily sailing, but power boats too. Um, kind of like just your everything you need to know. Like it says, it's got information about anything from non-skidding deck covers so that the dogs don't slide around and... Uh, uh, what happens if your dog gets fleas on a boat? Do dogs sunburn? How does how would a dog get fleas on a boat? Well, we'll we're going to find out. out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, um, but before we talk with Jessica, which we will in just a few minutes, I have a, um, <laughs> I got a, a notice and I just wanted to point out some things. I'll try to make sure to keep this brief because this is certainly a can of worms for me. But I received an email um, about a new food product and um, I just wanted to let one of my main missions is to really educate people about the pet food industry because they're good at advertising there's mm -hmm. a lot of money that goes into advertising and marketing and there's a lot that people don't know and I just want to point out some things to look for that I saw with my trained eye in this um, where common things, and I see this kind of all over the place, so I think that this is a good thing to point out, that, um, you know, this, this particular one makes a good point, um, but I do want to clarify some things here. Uh, one of the things that they say is, uh, as pet owners continue to feed dogs from the table, um, a drastic rise in the number of human illnesses in dogs is being seen, like one of them is diabetes. Hmm. Now, let me clarify this. Feeding a dog from the table, I mean, if you take that literally from the table, you're training your dog to beg. So that's probably not desirable for most people. But right. what most people will take out of that is feeding the dog human food. And, and they're saying that's a bad thing. Well, they're saying that's a bad thing. They do clarify that, um, saying that it's a commonly accepted belief that dogs physically resemble their owners more and more. Um, and so if you look at the state of the food system in this country, it's pretty bad, right. uh, you know, with obesity and diabetes being on the rise. So is the case with dogs. But the issue is not necessarily human food. The issue is the type of food people feed. Hmm. And the answer is not necessarily a heavily processed commercial pet diet. Mm -hmm. 
So I tell people that feeding a dog, quote, human food is actually a good thing because that's what dogs evolved on. Right. But if you're only feeding them bread crusts and the fat cut off of your steak, then, yeah, that's not going to be good for them. So if you're eating Cheetos and you're feeding your dog Cheetos. So junk food, bad for people, bad bad for for dogs. dogs. Good food. Good rule of thumb or paw. Like, right. Good nutrition, like, you know, lean meat, balanced diet, vegetables, fruits. A lot of those, most of those are actually really great for our dogs. And if you think about it, that's how dogs evolved. Commercial pet food's only been around for about 100 years. Dogs have been living with people for a minimum 14,000 years. 14,000 years. It's a long time, minimum. So, Maybe even 100,000 years. So what do you think? They invented kibble about, what, 3,000 years ago? 100. 100. <laughs> 100 years. It started in England. So it, the thing about, and I've said this before, and I will say it again, the pet food industry, generally speaking, exists as a byproduct of the human food industry, not to make pets healthy. So you re- And there are a lot of really great brands out there now, especially within the last decade, um, but there's a lot out there that aren't good. And there's just one thing that I wanted to point out about this that really got me going is that they had this, this, fa- you know, this fancy chart uh, with a guaranteed product analysis, and it says, compare our food to all of these other foods, and they list six other foods, and they have the pictures of the bags of foods. But they're comparing this their food to all these other junk brands of food. Mm. So it'd be like me saying, hey, Eric, I've got this really great hamburger right. that, I've, that I made and that I'm going to sell. It's slightly healthier than McDonald's. Look at this. Look at how it compares to McDonald's, Burger King, Jack in the Box. I don't know. What are the other ones? Arby's? Those are a few. Whatever. <laughs> Those Fast are food. Few. We don't have to plug so, in anymore. So, you know, it's like, it's all relative. Mm-hmm. So if, if, you know, they're comparing it to foods that I'm not impressed with anyway. So it's like, well, good for you. Right. So. So reading those keep, labels is extremely important. Reading the labels is extremely important. This, you know, recommended by cardiologists and no wheat or soy. And it's like, okay, well, that's great. No wheat or soy. But the second ingredient is corn. Mm. And so just keep your wits about you folks and read the list of ingredients because that's the way that you're going to really know what's in the food as best you can. But when you say it's largely a byproduct of uh, the human food industry, you'll actually see on many labels that it lists byproducts yes. <laughs> as an ingredient, yep. which so if it wonder, says what if is it, a byproduct? Well, a byproduct is food not fit for human consumption. Right. And the low-grade meats that are fit for human consumption are scary enough. So, um, But it will say byproducts if it has it in it, and that's why it's important. Read the ingredients. Turn the bag to the back or on the side of the bag. You'll find it. It'll say list of ingredients. Read those. And um, if you are not sure about what to look for, then um, go to a local smaller natural pet store and ask them. And they'll, most of those employees are educated and that they can tell you a bit about what to look for and and especially what to avoid. So, oh man, you should have you should have heard me reading this thing the first time. <laughs> what? Da, 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 da. Mm. 
Well, you're passion, passionate about dogs and passionate about dogs' health, and that's what the show is all about. That's what this show is all about. You're not fooling me here on the Dog Talk Show, and you're not fooling our listeners either. So enough of that. So we're going to start our interview here with Jessica Stone. Uh, if you'd like to call in and receive a copy of her book, Doggy on Deck, Life at Sea with a Salty Dog, absolutely everything you need to know before cruising with Fido, call the station. And you don't have to be on air, but if you do have a question for Jessica, we would love to hear from you. So give us a call, 425-373-5527, or toll-free in Western Washington, 888-298-5569. And I think we have Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Julie. Hi, Eric. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Welcome, Thank you. Welcome to the show. So I've... Uh, really enjoyed your book and am just so uh, thankful that you took the time to put this resource together for the boating community because there are definitely a lot of dogs at sea out there and it's a really good resource for people um, I would imagine especially people just starting out but there's probably some information that even seasoned boaters might might help answer some of their questions so um Jessica, why don't you tell us a little bit just about yourself and about what you do and in uh, the book as well. Okay, thank you. First of all, I want to say thanks for that about the book, but I really can't take credit for it. I always tell people that Kit McSniff, the famous sailing dog, wrote the book. I simply typed it. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the deal. All right. Um, I am a sailor and a writer. Um, I have been, as you mentioned earlier on in the show, Kip and I sailed together for approximately 16 years. And we came back, of course, we would come back to uh, Seattle. I'm a teacher here. And, you know, make money and then go back out again. But we have had a lot of sea miles under our hull. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I do professionally, I write, in addition to teaching, I write private biographies for people, memoirs for people. So if someone has a, a story that they want to write, you know, to, maybe to pass down to their grandchildren or something, but they don't want to actually write the book or they don't know how to put a story together, that's what I do. Um, yeah. All and, right. um, and also write a column called Cruising with Critters, mm -hmm. which is everything from parrots to ferrets and how do you take them traveling. Mm-hmm. And where would people find your writing in those columns? Um, at Norwesting Magazine here in the uh, U.S., and that's a free publication. It's N-O-R, Westing. And up in uh, Canada, it's in Boat Journal, and that's also a free publication. Okay, great. Well, Most uh, channeleries like West Marine and so forth carry them. Okay, great. And is your book available? Uh, where is your book available in stores? It's available almost everywhere. Um, if it's not on the shelf, you can definitely order, but it, it's in all of the chandleries. People can buy it directly from the website, which is a good thing because more of the money from the book goes to NOAA, which is a no-kill animal shelter, mm -hmm. if they order it from the, from the website. Mm -hmm. And that is, uh, you know, www.doggyondeck.com. Mm -hmm. And that's D-O-G-G-Y. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Jessica. We actually have a caller with a question for you, so we'll take uh, Sarah from Issaquah when we come back from break. You're listening to The Dog Talk Show on Alternative Talk 1150.
Hey Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiance said about our wedding was, we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to relationship whisperer Jana Rosewood, we cover the world of animals. This week, May 18th, we'll welcome Lola Michelin, founder and director of the Northwest School of Animal Massage, back to Animal World. With distance learning and schools all over, find out how easy it's gotten to become a massage therapist for animals. Hear all about the classes and events coming up, including lots for those of us who just want to help our own animal friends. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Hi, I'm Martha Childress with the Natural Choice Network. Join us every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we invite leaders from our sustainable community to share their unique visions and valuable insights. You'll learn great tools to make your life greener, healthier, and more sustainable for generations to come. Thank you for making the Natural Choice. That's the Natural Choice Network every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Please join us. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. On the AM band at 1150 and on the FM HD band at 98.9 HD3. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to the Dog Talk Show. I'm your host, Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And we have a caller here for Jessica Stone, a question. We have Sarah in Issaquah. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Welcome to the Dog Talk Show. So my question was... um... I was wondering about the potty thing on deck. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Do you just tie them up out back? <laughs> <laughs> so, Jessica, what do you me? think about that? Yeah. Um, hi, Jill, uh, Sarah. And um, that's interesting that you ask that question right away. Usually people wait about two or three questions into a conversation, and then they sneak up on it. So good for you for asking it right at the beginning. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about how we started and then several methods. I have about eight different methods that I outline in the book. But what happened when I took Kip aboard? At first, he was uh, two years old, so he was used to going to the bathroom, of course, uh, outside, and very um, private little dog, and he just would not go on the boat. That was his yard, and he wasn't going to go at all. So I tried everything. I tried enzyme pads. I tried enzyme sprays. I tried uh, taking his feces off the ground and putting it on the deck, and he was just disgusted by that. <laughs> and... Um, Oh, I tried tricking him, and he did, He just could not be tricked. So finally I got this friend of mine. I convinced him. I said, Don, listen, you and the dog are really good friends. Why don't you have a couple beers, and then when you need to go to the bathroom, 
I'll go below, you go up on the deck, take Kip with you, he'll watch you do your thing, and then he'll go to the bathroom. And my friend Don is like, oh, I don't know. But eventually he came around and he said, okay, fine. So when he needed to go to the bathroom, I went below, he and Kip went up, and about five minutes later, Don comes downstairs and he says, you know, um, your dog was very interested, watched the whole process, but he didn't follow suit. But here's my idea. So this is Don's idea. He says, why don't you go up and do your thing on top of my thing, and then the dog's going to know that that's the spot and that's where it's good. So I'm like, oh, I don't think so. But I did. I went and did that. And Kip was absolutely appalled. He would have nothing to do with us for the next two days. So <laughs> I knew that, yeah, I knew that wasn't going to work. Um, so I, I tried to hire a private uh, uh, dog trainer, and that didn't work. And finally, I met this old fellow, an old sailor in Ballard, and I was telling him my tales of, well, what am I going to do with my dog when I actually go offshore? And he looked at the dog, and he said, you know, why don't you just leave the dog alone? And he'll go when he has to go. So I made a little deal with Kip, and I said, we're going to go out, and we're going to spend three days offshore, and I'm, we're not going to go back into land until you go potty. So it was very scary for me, and I think it was much harder on me than it was on Kip. He slept most of the time. Finally, after about two and a half days, he realized we weren't going to go to land, and he found his spot on the boat, did his thing. I praised him. I gave him lots and lots of food and treats and so forth. Then I put down a piece of AstroTurf on that spot, and for the next eight years or so, Kip always went on that spot. So that worked really well for for an older dog. Um, as I said, there are there are a lot of different methods. I've talked about all of them, but basically, if you take your dog out, give them some time, um, they will find their spot and they'll go to the bathroom. And then and then when you praise them, see they're thinking it's their yard, so that's why they don't want to go. Hmm. Does that help a little? Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Okay. Great, Sarah. Thanks for calling okay. in. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yep. Getting right to the point. Yeah, I don't want to go into all the gory details on the radio, <laughs> but, you know. Well, I think it's in, is this probably one of the most common questions that you get? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's certainly one of the first things that came to my mind, too, is like, okay, well, what about the potty? I know some people have trained their dogs to kind of go, like if it's a male dog, to sort of lift their leg off the side of the boat, where they just sort of pee into the water. But um, it sounds like Kip found just found a spot. Now, was yeah. this was this out, like, kind of a good spot that he chose as far out, like on the bow, or...? Well, yes, he did. He liked to go up on the bow, and the cool thing about that is I could go up there and just hose it off. Mm-hmm. I just used a bucket and a yeah. and a little brush and hosed it off. It's organic. So, no, if I should tell people if your dog goes to the bathroom and you're in, um, you know, Puget Sound or a lake or something, you may not throw that stuff overboard. Mm. You have to bag it and bring it back and dispose of it uh, properly. You can't throw it overboard. But if you're offshore, you can. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly reasonable. Mm-hmm. And where peop- and people can go f- and find that information as far as the regulations in the waters that they're in? Mm-hmm. Three miles offshore 
um, not counting Puget Sound, is not considered offshore. So Puget Sound, you have to save the save the waste mm-hmm. and bring it to land. And any of the lakes that we have around here, mm-hmm. uh, you don't want to do it. But if you go off of the coast, uh, out three miles, then you can dispose of it. Okay. And that's pretty much basic Coast Guard. Ugh. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, as a trainer, it's, I think, just a really good example of uh, just kind of trusting the dogs and that mm-hmm. they're not totally void of understanding mm-hmm. situations. And yeah, it's, you know, they'll, yeah, they'll be like, all right, well, this is what I got here and I really got to go. So I'm just going to go. I'm going to find the spot that makes the most sense to me and go. And then you praise them and they're like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. And it's so easy on a boat to clean it up. And the other thing I'd like to mention about that is um, some pet stores will try to, well, not try to, but they do sell all kinds of cleaners to clean that up. And the truth is that salt water just cleans it up in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. You don't need to put any chemicals on top of it. You really don't need to introduce any chemicals into the water either. Yeah, good. So... And it's actually probably um, not a bad thing if there's a little bit of their scent that lingers because then they're just going to be more likely to go back to it anyway. So, Yeah, the dog can probably smell it. I, yeah. People never can. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it takes, you know, a minute to wash it away and mm-hmm. gone for us. So you started when Kip was two. How old was he when you got him? He was a little tiny bundle of fur. Mm-hmm. So like he a, was about eight, baby. eight weeks, like a tiny little baby. Yeah, he was. He was all tummy. And you were not a sailor at the time. You got introduced to sailing after you got Kip. Is that right? Yeah, it, uh, we did. It was kind of strange. I took a sabbatical from teaching, and I flew to the Caribbean. And my plan was, outside of Siamese Cat with me at the time, which we talked about in the book about feeling with him, her, too. So anyway, um, I took a sabbatical, and I was going to write the great American novel and sit around in the sunshine and so forth. And then I met uh, I met a fellow who had a boat, and it was kind of falling apart. But I got on the boat, and I absolutely fell in love with sailing. Mm-hmm. It just happened the first time out, and I knew that's where I belonged. So I convinced this guy if I could take the money I'd saved up for my sabbatical and fix up his boat... That if he would sort of captain my animals and I down island for a year. Mm-hmm. And so we struck a deal and wrote it up, and that's what we did. And so Kip and I started sailing together at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's how we got into it. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, I think he never had a single issue about it. I do know that uh, there are many dogs that do have an issue. They're frightened by the boat, especially if you turn on the engine, they're frightened about it. And there are a lot of different things that you can do to calm a dog down, although Kit really never had that issue. Yeah, he was a natural. He was a natural-born sailor. (laughs) All right, well, we're going to take another break, and we'll be back with Jessica Stone, author of Doggy on Deck. I also wanted to say hi to my Aunt Ellen and my dad in Massachusetts who are listening to the show Hello out there. We'll be back in just a few Any of them having birthdays this week? (laughs) Birthdays? No, I know. We had my 95-year-old Nana call in last week. It was awesome. Uh, You're listening to The Dog Talk Show on Alternative Talk 1150. 
This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist, www.sensitivedog.com. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos, and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. Hi, this is Susan Harmon inviting you to join me for the Susan Harmon Hour every Friday at noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Expect surprises, fun, and information from a wide variety of guests sharing their views on up-to-date issues from a spiritual perspective. Again, that's the Susan Harmon Hour every Friday at noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Negativity and fear, two staples of talk radio. Well, we figured we'd try something different. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to the Dog Talk Show. I'm your host, Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, and we are here with Dr. Jessica Stone, author of Doggy on Deck, Life at Sea with a Salty Dog, Absolutely everything you need to know before cruising with Fido. Hi, Jessica. Hi. And we should point out this book makes a great gift for the sailor in your life. It sure does. Even though I'm looking this at this, and I think you might have missed a bet here. It's not waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on the next true. edition. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, so we were talking about... Uh, dogs getting used to the boat some dogs you know it sounds like kip was pretty pretty at ease on the boat from the get-go but some dogs get weirded out by it or once you turn the engine on it startles them or you know the boat's rocking and it's just weird and uh you know things that you can do and this is in general even not on a boat but just in day-to-day life especially as you're raising a younger dog if they come across things that spook them you want to get them through it in a way that role models how you that you are role modeling to them how you want them to feel about it. So if the dog gets spooked, you don't want to freak out and, oh, you're OK, you're OK and make a big deal out of it. You want to just kind of be like, hey, you're fine. Like, isn't this fun? And um, role model to them that. So, uh, Jessica, is do you have any any other information as far as that goes that you've had? experience with with other people's dogs yeah well that's excellent advice um about just being calm in fact that works really well for people crew i i never think of a dog on a boat or anywhere really as just a dog i consider the the dog to be a member of the crew a full member of the crew and people get freaked out too out there i mean it can be scary from time to time 
But if the captain or the owner, if you are remain calm and act like you're really having a good time, even though you might be scared out of your wits, but, oh, isn't this fun? I'm really having a good time. Mm-hmm. The, the other people on board will model you, and the dog will also model As you said, they look to us, is this okay? And if you're like, oh, yeah, fine, things are fine, um, that really helps a lot. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of things, though, that people can do if a dog just, is nervous, you know, just from the very beginning. And uh, two of them, and they're real easy to find, one of them is a rescue remedy. That's a box flower remedy, which is available everywhere. You can put a few drops of that under the dog's tongue or in her water. Uh That works really well. Another product that I, I found to be absolutely excellent for both people and dogs and cats is something called Serene. And it is made in very small batches right here in Gig Harbor by a company called ElizabethEssentials.com. And Serene, you just put a couple of drops under their uh, paws mm-hmm. or behind their ears, and they just relax right down. Mm-hmm. It's completely natural. For people, what I do, if I have people on board that are nervous, I spray the area where they are, like if they're in the cockpit, I just go up there and give it a couple squirts, and they calm down. Mm-hmm. So those are pretty natural. They are absolutely 100 natural uh, ways of doing it. I would prefer to do that um, rather than give the dog prescription meds. Mm-hmm. Now, there are meds, and I do talk about it in the book. There are meds you can give the dog just like there are meds you can give people. By the way, people should never, ever put a patch on a dog. The scopolamine patches, mm-hmm. never do that. Um, but I don't really like to stress the medical stuff because dogs can be calmed down using natural products and just being calm yourself. Mm-hmm. And kind of just getting used to it, you know, mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. like people. I I started, uh, I had my first sailing experience uh, three years ago, I think, and it was similar to you where I, I had never been sailing on a bit, you know, other than a sunfish, like in summer camp when I was little. Is that what they're called? Sunfish? Minifish? Yeah. Minifish? Like this tiny, tiny one person sunfish, little thing yeah. on a pond. Mm-hmm. And so I have some friends who have a boat and I went out on a few day trip and I didn't know what to expect at all. And I loved it. <laughs> loved it. It was, I loved being out on the water. I loved how uh, disconnected from all of the things that normally are on my mind on land. Mm-hmm. And you're just out there and you're, especially on a sailboat where you just feel the water sort of holding you and moving you. And it was wonderful. And um, one thing that I found for myself for seasickness, and I know you have some tips for dogs for seasickness. That was going to be my question. Do dogs even get seasick? Yeah. Well, there's that <laughs> that acupressure point on your wrist where there's, there's like these little sweat bands you can get with a plastic nub on them that you put. Right. And that worked beautifully for me. I just wore those the whole time and I didn't get, and I'm kind of sensitive to that, like carnival rides and stuff, but it was fine for me. So what do you do for dogs if they are seasick? Okay, to answer Eric's question, yes, and as a matter of fact, everyone gets seasick. (laughs) Even hardcore sailors get seasick. It's just part of life. But I'd like to share a little story about how I found out about that, if that's okay. Sure. Um, I had my mom out, and this was in the Caribbean, so I didn't really know at that point. I hadn't been out there very long. 
if Kip would get seasick. And my mom came to visit. She was all excited. She was going to be on the boat for the weekend. And the captain of the boat told her we were out sailing. He said, don't. She says, I'm going to go below and change into my bathing suit and so forth. He said, well, don't stay down there very long. Yeah. You know, because that's where you really feel it, yeah. and people get sick down below. But my mom, you know, she was thinking around downstairs, but not her makeup or whatever she was doing. And she came up in the cockpit, and my mother was green, literally green. Mm. There is that tinge that comes over people. And so she said, we said, sit down, look out at the, at the uh, horizon. Uh, the captain offered her a beer, which is not conventionally the way that you handle seasickness, but that was his answer to most everything. <laughs> but um, she said, no, no, she just sat there, and she was so sick. Well, I about that time I heard this moaning and groaning, and I looked down, and Kip was down on the sole of the cockpit, and he had, believe it or not, that same green tinge. My dog was as sick as my mom. Mm. So my mother does not, she has a real fear of dogs. She's just one of those people that, worried and scared of dogs. But she looked at, at Kip and she said, oh, you come up here with Grandma and we'll take care of each other. <laughs> so I lifted Kip up and I put, her on, put him on my mom's lap and I have a photograph of the two of them and it's really cute. They are so ill. I mean, that's not <laughs> cute, but the fact that my mother was actually holding a dog. Um, and they act, when we landed and we got to shore, they were fine within a half an hour. The really cool thing about sea sicknesses is it goes away. Uh-huh. And if you're out at sea, it may last three days at the most. You wish you would die, but you don't. Oh, okay. So it'll just kind of, your body will adjust. Mm-hmm. The only thing that you would maybe die from is being dehydrated. Yeah. So you need to be hydrated, but sea sickness will just go away. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are some things that people can do if they are seasickness or if their dog is seasickness, seasick, and this is really uh, easy. First of all, you want to feed them bland food, and not very much of it, but you want to make sure the dog has some food in her belly Mm -hmm. before you go out. Um, You can put ginger in the dog's water, a little bit of ginger, Um, I have a homemade recipe that I put in the in the book for ginger snaps that are made with molasses, and they're good for the dogs, they're good for people. That will calm them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other things you can do is just put a little bit of pe- peppermint oil in the dog's bedding mm-hmm. around the area where he'll be, or fenugreek. That also calms them down. Mm-hmm. You can make a little ginger tea, just take you know, ginger, and make a tea out of it, let it cool down, put it over your dog's food, Mm. that will help. And a little bit of raw honey drizzled on their food will also calm them down. Mm. Don't want to do that with people or animals that have heart problems, but other than that, raw honey is really good. It's great for kids, too. Mm. Peanut butter and honey sandwich, and pretty much knocks out any sickness they have. Mm-hmm. So it's real real simple to prevent it. Again, um, both Rescue Remedy and Serene help calm people. They won't take the seasickness away, but they'll calm people down. Sometimes, and dogs, if you start to get sick, that's what scares people. They go, oh my God, you know, I'm right. going to be sick forever and ever. Yeah. 
So and knowing I, that it knowing that it will go away on its own helps calm people down probably it, too. Yeah, it does yeah. calm them down. If, if for people you want to get them outside and having them look at the horizon, yeah, it's kind of hard for the dog. Will naturally find the lowest point in the boat that he or she can find, and that's good. That's where the least amount of motion is. The lowest point now, but that's that. Wouldn't that be underneath? Well. The dog is going to be lying on on the sole of the boat, yeah, down low, where people are standing up and, okay. and trying to look in the mirror or right. cook something, and it's an equilibrium thing. It's different for people, yeah. but the dog okay. will find that low point and just flatten out. Okay, you know, I noticed that for myself that if I went down below to just get a drink or you know get a jacket or something like that and try to it was similar to riding in the car and trying to focus on anything Mm -hmm. it's like almost immediate like oh not a good idea like and then I you just grab whatever I needed and then run back up and look out on the horizon and it would go away immediately so but I definitely noticed that almost instantly it was kind of like oh man underneath is not a good place for me Right. That's why I think uh, traditionally the ship's cook has always been, you know, a revered position because anybody who can cook down there in rolling seas, you know, gets an award. Yeah. It's pretty hard to do. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break, Jessica, but we'll be back with you in just a few minutes. We're talking with Jessica Stone, author of Doggy on Deck, Life at Sea with a Salty Dog. You're listening to The Dog Talk Show on Alternative Talk 1150. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to relationship whisperer Jana Rosewood, we cover the world of animals. This week, May 18th, we'll welcome Lola Michelin, founder and director of the Northwest School of Animal Massage, back to Animal World. With distance learning and schools all over, find out how easy it's gotten to become a massage therapist for animals. Hear all about the classes and events coming up, including lots for those of us who just want to help our own animal friends. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Hi, I'm Pat Pauly. Tune into my show, Get Active, each Tuesday at 12 noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we invite a guest to talk about one of the wonderful activities in the Puget Sound region, ones that you may want to participate in. We'll focus on how adult beginners can comfortably get into all of these activities. You'll learn a lot about how you can get active. Be sure to listen. That's Get Active with me, Pat Pauly, at 12 noon each Tuesday on Alternative Talk 1150. Hey Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiance said about our wedding was, we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com.
This is Alternative Talk, 1150. Got it? Cool. Welcome back to the Dog Talk Show. I'm your host, Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM radio. And we are here with Jessica Stone, author of Doggy on Deck, Life at Sea with a Salty Dog, Absolutely Everything You Need to Know Before Cruising with Fido. And we have had some lucky callers today who have called in and are going to receive a signed copy of the book for free. And we still have some more books to give away. So if you would like a copy of Jessica's book, please give us a call. The number is 425-373-5527. And this is an encore edition, so we don't have any books to give away this week. Julie returns live with a new show next week here on the dog talk show absolutely we love to give out treats to as many people as we can yeah. <laughs> and uh, of course if they've got a question uh, for a guest that would be wonderful to absolutely so same phone line, so. this is a boating expert uh she sailed with her dog for about 16 years all over the world so and she's put together this wonderful book so jessica um what uh, an interesting topic. Uh, did you have any fear uh, or concern while you were out on the waters about pirates? Ah, arg. You know, mm-hmm. the, it's pretty common uh, fear right now about pirates. Um, for small boats like mine, which is a 41-foot boat, sailboat, pirates don't really attack those. Yeah. But you want to stay away from scary places, just like mm-hmm. you wouldn't go uh, down a dark alley late at night in, yeah. you know, in a scary part of a city or something. So you do want to watch, watch out. But Kip, one thing about having a dog on your boat, wherever you are, it's, the dog will serve as a, kind of a warning system and be a, a guard. And it doesn't really matter what size the dog is. I've noticed in all different countries that people will not approach my boat um, if if they see the dog. If they're afraid of the dog, they have to have the introduction first. So if anyone had ill intentions, um, they would stay away. And actually, one time we did, Kip did save our boat from, if you can call it, a pirate. We were in Antigua. It was in the middle of the night. And what there was was, a, a, I'll call it a gang, <laughs> probably four people in a small boat. And what they were doing is a guy would swim up to sailboats who had their dinghy tied behind them and cut the line in the middle of the night. Mm. And um, the dinghy would float back, and then the people on the other end would, would grab the dinghy and get the um, motor and the valuables and sometimes the boat itself. Yeah. So people, this has been a, an ongoing crime. Well, apparently someone tried to do that to my boat, and Kip just went ballistic in the middle of the night. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning or something, and he's just, rah, 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 rah. of course, he flew out of the, out yeah. of the cabin, <laughs> and the guy was just uh, swimming away as fast as he could. Oh, yeah. So, you know, lots of treats for that, and, and Kip, of course, was all over himself. He was very proud of himself <laughs> oh, yeah. after that rescue. But he really did save, uh, that would have been an expensive, not a dangerous, but certainly an expensive loss mm. uh, all the way over there in Antigua to try to get a new dinghy. So, yeah, he saved the day. Yeah, and I, I mean, such a benefit, and so true just in houses and you know, anywhere you just can't sneak up on a dog because they'll 
probably be able to smell you if if nothing else, but certainly hear or sense that there's something off and then give you that alert, which just is like a, you know, boat alarm almost like, hey, you're not sneaking up on us and have him just kind of chase him away. I'm sure he was very pleased with himself after that. He was, yeah. yeah. And I'd, I'd just like to, to make a note that in a lot of places, if people are going to cruise, um, they're going to run into little, you know, small islands. And I want to want to note that the people there, if they come aboard and take something off your boat, it's not, they're not bad people. It's just that they're really, really poor. And they see somebody sailing in on a great big gleaming white boat, you know, filled with things, food and so forth. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, you don't want them to come on and take anything. So the dog is a good, um, preventer of that. But I don't want to give the impression that people are out there being, you know, that they're bad people. Mm -hmm. They are great people all around the world, but you don't want them to take something off your boat. Mm -hmm. Now you have, um, there's so many topics that you cover in your book. Uh, I thought that the topic about dog food was really interesting. Your recommendations for storage, uh, for the boating purposes of boating, and I think people can relate to this in just their yards as well, the better quality food you feed, the smaller and more compact and actually less stinky the poops tend to be, which, if the dog's going on the boat, is certainly desirable. Um, but in addition to that, just the the higher level of nutrition important in overall health. And, you know, there was a question, why not buy the dog food along the way? Well, if you're, you know, cruising <laughs> around the world, you don't know what's going to be available, if anything. So it's important to stock up for your dog and provision for them just like you would for yourself. And you had some really great uh, information, a lot of information about a canine first aid kit and what are the good things to have and in what to know about general first aid so that you can, you know, self-treat as much as possible because you're not always going to have a vet available where you are and um, information about what if you get fleas on the boat can happen, right? Uh-huh, absolutely. Uh, but I'd like, we have uh, we have a few minutes left, and I'd like for you to tell the story about Kip falling in love. Okay. A little boat, doggy boating love story. Oh, yes, the romance. Well, um, I was uh, anchored out in Friday Harbor, and one evening so a fellow came by in his dinghy with this beautiful um auburn-haired beauty, and she was, oh, she was probably about six years old, and her name was Abigail, Mm -hmm. and Kip saw Abigail, and a golden retriever, and he he just was smitten immediately, so he started running around, and it wasn't like dog-like, oh, there's a dog, there's a dog, it was, oh, there's a dog. Uh-huh. Like so he ran around and barked and barked. So this fellow motored back, and the two dogs were just all happy to be together. So the guy said, well, why don't you come over to shore? We'll walk our dogs together. So we did. And Kip and Abby, from the first minute they were together, it was totally love at first sight. Kip would, and I've never seen a dog do this, especially a male dog, if you put down a treat for both of them, mm-hmm. he would 
push his away and step back and let her have the treat. What I mean, a gentleman. Was, I know. He was so in love. And she was, um, he was quite a bit older, and she had longer legs and could run faster. So she would run, and then she'd stop and turn around and wait till he caught up. And then they'd run together until she was ahead of them. So it was really, really fun. And when, when we'd have to leave, you know, I would be on my boat and Solo would be on his boat. The two dogs would just strain at the lines looking at each other. You know, they wanted to be together. So it was, uh, Kip was definitely in love. And it was so cute to see because they, there was no question about it. That's what it was. And it was just right from the get-go. I mean, he re- literally saw her driving by on their dinghy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the dinghy for those people who aren't... Oh, a, a dinghy is a little, um, a very, very small boat. Often that you, in, inflatable? It can be an inflatable, it can be a rowboat. It's any little mm-hmm. tiny boat that you take off your big boat to, to row to shore in. Get to shore, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Abigail was cruising by, her auburn hair uh, feathered in the wind, and Kip <laughs> was just mad from, from day one. He was. <laughs> He was, uh, he was tails over whiskers, you know, yeah. in love. He really was. And it was a different thing than, as I said earlier, it wasn't just two dogs wanting to play. He was genuinely smitten with her. And you could just see it in his eyes. Yeah, they just wanted to be together. Mm-hmm. How cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a, and there's a lot of information in your book that is great for people who travel in RVs with their dogs or with their pets, um, not just, you know, boat-specific, but... A.K.A. land yachts? Yeah. <laughs> land yachts, yeah, land yachts. And even an extended car trip, you mentioned, this is good information for people to have. And I think, you know, a lot of this information pertains to just life on land as well. I mean, there's one section where you talk about sometimes people are leery of dogs and how important it is to make a good impression and to have your dog be, you know, to have some training or to just have some general control of the dog, especially if the dog is having issues with that, to really work through that so that your dog is then welcome. I mean, I think you had said in your book that because of Kip's behavior, he was invited back. And this is to like somebody else's boat to hang out. Mm-hmm. Or, or even in, in, we would go to little, like, Mexican villages, mm-hmm. and they would invite us, the two of us, to their homes. So that was yeah. great. You know, and it's just, it's such a good point because, and I, I see this a lot where it gets to be a vicious cycle for people where the dogs are, you know, really have a hard time really just all over the place, out of control in public, and so they don't get out as much because the people can't control them, which then just makes them feel more pent up, which makes them behave even worse. And I've had situations even recently where I've worked with people and their dogs and pretty quickly in a lot of cases, just, you know, shown them what to do to get the dogs to calm down and to mind. And then it's like, oh, you know, in this one instance recently, it's, you know, oh, well, now I'm going to now I'm going to take my dog around Green Lake with me. And I'm just like, oh, I feel so happy for the dog because, you know, the dog's going to be so much happier now that she's going out with her mom and getting to go out and getting to get that exercise and getting to get that change of scenery, which is therefore going to make her better behaved in general. All right. So it's, you know, true with the boating as well. Just having your your better behaved dog will be more likely to be invited back and will have more freedom. Yes. 
And I, I really believe that Kip did nothing but make that trip, that journey, better, mm-hmm. more enjoyable, more fun, safer. Yeah. And I was so glad that I had him with me. Good. Well, Jessica, we are out of time. Thanks for being on the Dog Talk Show, and I will talk with you very soon. Thanks. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist, www.sensitivedog.com. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. Hey Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiancé said about our wedding was, we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com.